This is the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. Welcome to the Liberator Podcast. My name is Jeremy Kubitschek. This is episode number 14. We're we're recording from Atlanta, Georgia at the Grand Hyatt Hotel. So good to have Steve Cockrum in the room. Hey, Steve. How you doing? I'm doing well, Jeremy. A little bit of jet lag, but I'm on the favorite part of the pond and uh, doing reasonably well. So well we're live, which is kind of nice. We're always on a little screen, and so now we can do this live. You're much better looking on a screen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, and a compliment to you as well. I love it. I, 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 I just blame jet lag. Anyone has a problem with my contribution today? I took a little blue pill last night, which is a sleeping pill for anyone who wants to know. So therefore, I'm just a little bit on that edge of risque today. So watch we're, this space. We're a little bit nervous because these blue pills you keep saying you're taking, we don't really know where they come from because they're just in a packet. There's not, yeah. And so we're like, what is this? Blue, I have blue a connect who brings them for me. Yes, yes. And uh, your connector, does he have a name? No. No. <laughs> That's why we're nervous. You have a guy that doesn't have a name giving you little blue pills. But it's a great opportunity and you can get in on the ground floor if you've got cash. So. <laughs> I, I'm assuming it's legal. Yes, undoubtedly. Okay. Okay. undoubtedly. Good. Good. Well, uh, hopefully you get you know, uh, rested. And, uh, I will. The, the weather here is awesome. Yeah. So I've seen blue sky for the first time in about three weeks. That's good. And fired up, ready to go. So right. what, what well, are we doing today? Today, we're going to continue on part two of Five Gears. Great. We're going to talk about Five Gears as it relates to Five Voices a mm -hmm. little bit. And then we're going to go through Unhealthy and Healthy Gears. So excited about uh, the conversation. Five Gears has been, it continues to be so impactful and so many people. If you haven't read the book, by the way, those who are listening, it's Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, five, five Gears. It's just really practical, really, really helpful. It's a game changer with culture. It's a game changer at home. It's a game changer at work. Uh, tell, them, tell them what we had. We had some friends in Santa Barbara who uh, tell them what they did with the lights. They created oh, the lamps. Yes. So basically, the, uh, one of the things that a lot of introverts or people get annoyed in the modern workplace that you know, people keep coming to interrupt them. So what they did was they actually created a symbolic kind of light that they put on when they were in fifth gear. So fifth gear is focus mode, you're in the zone, you're cranking out, you're getting everything done. And the last thing you want is interruption. So for me, that happens at 36,000 feet. But for them, what they did was they have a light now on the desk. And when they're in fifth gear, which means I'm work, I'm getting it done, don't interrupt me, the light goes on. So everybody knows inside that world, they come to you and go, oh, no, I'll wait. Now, the key is to make sure that some of those introverts can't leave the light on all day. Yeah. So we always say that basically an hour is about the maximum yeah. you can have your light on for, but very, very good. That's good. No, that's great. Those are our friends from Agree, yeah. agree.com, agree uh, Michael Thompson and David Jay and all of our friends there, so that's yeah. really fun. So let's get into it. So Steve, talk, let's talk about um, the five voices as it relates to five gears. So mm -hmm. you're, you're a pioneer yes. uh, connector. I'm, yeah. I'm a connector creative. So when you, when you put all that together, what's our tendencies when it comes to the gears? So maybe share your tendency a little bit from yeah. a, a pioneer perspective. I'm gonna, being a purist, I'm going to go back one step and say, what you have to remember again from uh, sort of what we explained is what people see and experience on the other side of you, your leadership behaviors, 
are made up of three things. They're made up basically of your nature, your nurture, and your choice. So nature is what you're naturally good at, the things that come easy to you, your unconscious competence. Then you've got your nurture, which are the external environments, the oughts and shoulds that shape behavior more than you realize. So your upbringing, your family, your culture, faith, successes, failures, all of those things that shape the way we behave, some of which we're unaware of, and then we have choice. So we're, we all have the capacity to make good choices. So your behaviors are made up basically of a third each of those things. So what we're talking about here is what are the natural nature tendencies, I think, of each voice. So as a pioneer and a pioneer connector, which means I sell with menace, I would have a tendency to basically be always wanting to be working. So fourth, fifth gear, because for the pioneer, they usually live through their work. The vision that they're going after is an all-consuming 80-hour a week, 100-hour a week. Even when they're not working, their brain is always still open to the idea of how do I keep solving problems? How do I move the pieces around the chessboard? How do I align all the pieces of my world to achieve the almost impossible vision that I am giving my life towards? So the tendency in nature of a pioneer would be to overwork. So basically you'd usually find that they would be four, five, and because they're pretty ruthless, they would also know that they would need one. Right. So they're very good at being selfish and prioritizing their own time, because in order to win, I have to be fit, I have to be rested, but they would usually struggle with third and second gear particularly, yeah. because the absence of work is like, well, how do well, I do this? Well, what else do you do, right? <laughs> so third gear, what I found interesting about pioneers in third gear is uh, oftentimes they'll look at, at third gear as a complete waste of time. Mm. Like, you mean really I have to go to this, mm. to their spouse or yeah. uh, to a group of people? Like, and so they appear then to be arrogant. Yes. And that everyone else they're around, mm. it's almost like, yeah, you, I've got really important things and you're not a, one of yeah. them. <laughs> the, big, the big difference you see is the... This is where I'm going to get a bit nerdy. So if I get a bit too nerdy, then tell me. Well, can I tell you now? Oh, no. <laughs> That's funny for you. So basically, I'm an ENTP, which basically means I'm a pioneer connector, which means my pioneering is usually with a little more charm. And actually, I know how to manipulate. Sorry, I know how to be kind to people <laughs> and connect with people. So I love third gear, but you'll find that the other pioneer voices, the ENTJ, the INTJ, some of the INTP, they all have connector a lot further down. That's right. And it's yeah, often their unconscious incompetence. They actually think they connect more effectively with people than they do. Because when you're being nice to me, so the pioneer guardian, the ENTJ, when you're being nice to me, I know it's not because you, it's only because you want something. Right. Because everything is strategic. Third gear is almost having to waste time with people. And that phrase in itself communicates often at times why pioneers struggle in that third, mm -hmm. second year. If I'm going to be nice to people, it's because it's actually I need something from them. So, so what's interesting then is um, when you get to second gear for pioneer, which is almost non-existent in a lot of them, yes. because they just it's really a skill set yes. to get into emotional intelligence. Just relational connectivity mm. is just not the natural. It's not the yeah. norm yeah. for that voice. When connector and nurturer are your fourth and fifth voice, you're in real trouble. Yeah. Because in the end, you don't pick up the nuances of what's going on with people because you don't, your antenna is not in the present for people to connect. It's for the future to win. Yeah. And that's a big 
barrier for people to open. So to the pioneer then, yeah. um, for them to really practice mm. second gear. Yes. So they watch someone else who does it well. Yeah. Uh, almost in, a, in an apprenticeship process. Absolutely. So who does it well? Learning, I, I've got a few um, pioneering friends who I think have actually learned that well. They mm -hmm. actually uh, spend time with people. A lot of that's probably from their nurture, yes. their faith component is yes. a big part of it. There's other areas that have affected that nature. Absolutely. Um, so if you think you can make a choice to actually improve a skill, this, using the gears is a skill set. So the thing about pioneers are if you challenge their competency and they can see why they need to improve it, so this is going to help you win. Right. You'll find that basically, even though for most of the feelers and the relational people on this call, it sounds utterly horrific that you have to make connecting with people and being present with people a task to win. But that's the most powerful motivating strategy I've come across at Pioneers. Would you like to be more effective in what you do? Absolutely. Would you like people to actually be more keen to support you in what it is you're doing? Well, then you need to learn how to do second and third gear. Right, how do I do it? But, and I've had so many conversations <laughs> with pioneers and guardians yes. where they'll actually they'll um, put alarms on their calendar, yes. walk around the office and be nice to people, <laughs> <laughs> or go talk to someone right now. Yeah, yeah. It, because it's not natural. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially when when they're focused on this here. When when you do the five voices masterclasses, you'll find there's a there's a leadership insight for pioneer which says, uh, choose to be nice to someone today who doesn't deserve it choose to encourage someone today who doesn't deserve it. And it's almost like does not compute. Right. Because it's like, well, they've not done anything, they don't deserve anything. As opposed to going, I'm going to learn to be physically, emotionally, intellectually present with you with no apparent agenda other than relationship. Yeah. Um, I, I don't recognize any of these challenges Absolutely. at all, Jeremy, course, personally. Right, right. Being the incredibly mature, emotionally you're, you're intelligent. Are, you're amazing. Good. Probably the best ever. Oh, well, ever. no, 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 no. I'm sure we can edit that out. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the fifth gear key question then is, uh, what do you think is causing you to overwork and how do you think it impacts those closest to you? So when you talk about the pioneer, there's a tendency for overworking. Yes. And overworking because it's part of their game. What are you trying to prove? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to prove to you that I'm a success. I'm trying to prove that my life matters and that I'm going to achieve something which is going to give, makes, make my life significant and influential. Mm -hmm. That that's probably the biggest driver. So people get locked into, this is my identity. My work is who I am. They work to live, not live to work. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, what will often happen is, if a pioneer's vision fails, the business fails, or they don't have anywhere else to go. It's a pretty depressing place because they're asking them the question is, does anybody really like me? The answer is usually, <laughs> Uh, not really. <laughs> if you're winning. <laughs> so, so you take that away. It's often why for the pioneer, just understanding that actually you don't have to prove your competence to people. People know you're competent. But the question is, do they know you care? And so, therefore, in that specific context, the overwork is usually because they're trying to define their identity through what they do, rather than being secure enough to ask the question, is it okay to be me? So if you have that nature and you live in North America or pretty much the Western free market economic area, all of the nurture tells you that that's what you should go after. Yeah. So you have this perfect storm of 
the environment is saying eat, win, kill. You know, any of you watch Friday night uh, high school football? If you want to see, the, if you want to understand American culture, just go to high school football on Friday night. What is it to be the hero? You know, out there killing things, eating things, scoring points. So everything in their culture tells them the pioneer. It's great to be you. Win, eat, kill, compete, right. stake your America, And then politics. it goes with your nature as well. And it's almost like a perfect storm. So we spend so much time in our programs and working with clients and consulting where we're trying to help pioneers understand that just because nurture has affirmed their nature doesn't mean they don't have to make a different choice. Absolutely. So second gear is something that would be really, really important for the, for the pioneer voice. Yes. And learning how to do that Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And... Um, and third gear to some. So let's get into the connector, the best yeah. the best voices, yeah. I think. You've done so well not to start with you, Jerry. I'm very impressed. <laughs> Your boomerang is, is the, improving. Is the connector. And we yeah. should start with the nurture, I guess, but we didn't. <laughs> I started with the pioneer. But the connector yes. uh, voice uh, is, is the voice that is always the uh, busy bee, pollinating uh, yeah. everything and yeah. connecting people and Absolutely. ideas. And so when you think of the gears, the natural gear for the uh, uh, connector is fourth gear. So if you think of the fourth gear being just busy, yeah, yeah, so yeah. fourth and third from a work yeah, setting, yeah, yeah. Uh, connectors are always thinking about who they need to connect people to. Yeah. So you have fourth and third gear as your primary gears, but yeah. third, you know, obviously on social, mm -hmm. they do social, but their social is their work. Yes. So it's a, it is their third gear is their fourth gear, yeah. but it's also in who do I need to call? What do I need to do? What yeah. kind of, so constantly shifting and constantly, so they have an, an inability to focus yeah. often. Uh, I know this firsthand uh, <laughs> because this is... I'm trying not to say anything with my grenade launcher, so you're, <laughs> you're doing great. So uh, for, for me to go, okay, I'm, I'm always in fourth gear. I love third gear. Getting to fifth gear is really hard yeah. because that means I have to focus. And that means if I'm focusing, I might be missing out on something. Yes. And so FOMO yes. is a really, really big, the fear of missing out. Yeah. FOMO is hard for the connector. Yes. Because they want to be where the activity is, they want to be where there's the ideas too, but they don't want to be dragged into second gear conversations mm. that would be too deep and yeah. too nurturing yes. and too people yeah. focused. They want to stay on the idea yeah. horizon. So as long as they're playing on ideas about the future with people that they love, yeah. they're in dreamland. And people are not too emotionally needy. Absolutely. So one of the funniest things is connectors are the most incredible people. If you've got an idea, you'd like, I've got an idea for a business, could you help? Or I'm trying to do this, oh, I've got lots of ideas. But when a connector says to someone, how are you doing? You go, you know, I'm really struggling. I've been, I've been having medication for my depression for the last 18 months. It's so nice of you to ask, you know, could you help me in any meaningful way? You know, I d nothing's ever gonna change in my life now. Most connectors are go like, uh. run, run, put your little <laughs> so, alarm, run. So if I, can, if I can solve the world for you, if one of my connections can introduce you to someone who can help, or if I can be helpful to you right in the moment. But the connector tends to be impactful in the present. So that love you said of people, of opportunity, of excitement, of life being an adventure to be shared with as many people as possible, and the energy they get from just being in the midst of the, the node in the network almost of all the different connections or relationship ideas. So you're absolutely right. So the, the issue then is first gear, the, the biggest, yeah. the hardest gear. Is, is usually first or fifth. Yes. So the first or fifth gears, those are the introvert gears. Yeah. The extrovert gears tend to be the, the <laughs> yeah. third, uh, fourth and third. Yeah. So um, to, to sit there and go first gear for a, for a connector, 
really, really difficult because their mind doesn't shut off because they'll be thinking about something in a first gear recharge moment and all of a sudden they want to go and contact that person. Yeah. So they want they easily get distracted yep. by connections or like, oh, I need to talk to so-and-so. Yeah. And they get excited about the person that they're connecting with. Yeah. So the excitement takes them out of their personal recharge, whatever that is. And I think the thing that, you know, when we live together in our big country house, the thing that I love... With our families. With our families, sorry, yes. The, the, the two of... The thing I noticed most about you and I loved about it was that the other thing about the connector is sometimes they're always so attentive to what everyone else needs. Is everyone else having fun? Is everyone else jolly? Is everyone else up? That almost to take first gear time for yourself almost felt like a struggle to give yourself permission to do that because is everyone else okay? Right. And in that emotional exhaustion of going, is everyone okay? Well, the chances are most people aren't okay all the time. So therefore, how do I ever give myself permission to take time for me? But I think it's also important for the connectors, so the ENFP, the ENFJ really in the other world, to go, what, do, what really recreates me? What recharges my battery? Because it may not be being alone for a long period of time. Right. It actually may be around people to some degree. But it's the difference between what's recreating and energizing versus what feels like, in many ways, my work. And I think the, the thing I'd say when I observe in them is they are probably, the connector lives the most integrated life at their best. So they, at their best, there's almost no distinction between am I at work, am I at play, am I at rest, am I with my friends? Because when I can bring all those things together, life itself is an adventure to be had. It's often when parts of that break down yeah. So if work is, I'm not enjoying work, or I don't feel like I'm succeeding, or I'm not getting lots of affirmation in what I'm doing, it becomes more difficult because in some ways the stress gear takes you to first and fifth. So that's the, that's the thing that you always have. You always know when a connector is doing well because you just have to listen. They'll right. be telling you stories and opportunities. You never guess what happened here and you know, da, da, da. So that's them at their best bringing life. When they go quiet is when you want to worry. <laughs> Absolutely. When they, <laughs> if they crash, it's not good. Yeah. So uh, for, for the, the connector, really, to stay connected, yes. they need affirmation, they need yeah. pats on the back, they need the freedom to be themselves. Yeah. They need, so it's t totally true. But they also need to learn how to re recharge. But to your point, I, I've learned, you know, it's a, for me, it's a, uh, uh, some reading, mm. um, it's, but it's a time with people, mm. it's connecting well, all those things in combination is the recharge in a given day. A connector get, get fired up in a short amount of time. It doesn't need as much yeah. uh, downtime as, as some other voices. Yeah. So speaking of, let's go to the Guardian. Yes. Let's talk a little bit about Everyone's the favorite. So uh, let's talk about the Guardian and where they get stuck, what gears they tend to be in uh, yeah. often, and, and what it looks like. You want to start? So if you think the, the Guardian voice is, is always their work their capacity to go, I accept responsibility on behalf of the team to deliver this project on time, on budget, with everything else. The tendency for a guardian is to define their identity through their work and become incredibly focused on not letting people down. So I would say that most guardians are fourth, fifth gear, mm -hmm. and some of them really love work. I mean, and they, they find it hard sometimes to understand why wasting time with people really works. Because if you think about it, work in the new world never finishes. In the 24-7, always on, always responsible, more emails, more texts. The Guardian, I would say, of all the voices, struggles most to give themselves permission to do third and second gear. 
particularly third gear, I think, because it, guardians usually need to know there's it's a purpose a in what they're doing. Yeah. But why are we doing this? Well, we're wasting time with people. We're just enjoying being together. So if you're defined by what you do so much, it's hard sometimes to justify, well, I'm going to spend this at this point, or social media, or networking events, or just wasting time with people where actually most of the business happens. So that's the thing for the Guardians again is, once they grasp why it's important, but by nature, work, delivery, consistency, my reputation, my integrity, what I promise I will do, I will do, drive sometimes overwork. And such a key point because we talked about this before, but third gear, mm-hmm. that's you know, all business happens in third gear, yeah. or all business starts in third gear. Yes. So if you think about that, connections, mm-hmm. uh, opportunities, uh, innovation, yeah. that's usually in the third gear setting. Yeah. It's social space. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Yeah. You, you, you hear something. If you're so task-focused that you can't, mm-hmm. uh, you, you can't play until mm-hmm. all the work is done, then yeah. you probably miss the third gear opportunity because you're still at the office while everyone else is at the pub. <laughs> yes then uh, you're going to miss that opportunity. And that one opportunity could have given you the chance to, to, to have a, a different you know, future. Yeah. But um, it's just fascinating. That and it's the intensity as well that Guardians bring to life, that focused intensity. So therefore, in some ways, once they get a hang of relationships, they'll tend to, in my, my experience, third gear is still the trouble, but they get good at second gear. Yeah, that's right. So they become, we need to go, if we're going to do this, we're going to go deep. Yeah. And I don't want to do the fluff and the... So it's, it's always that kind of, that's maturity and growth. But your point is very well made. If you think of managing, establishing, maintaining and develop long-term relationships. So the client dinners, they're just being able to be present with people mm-hmm. without the pressure of work or depth. It's m- navigating what feels like a bit of a tightrope to them at times. Well, are we working or am I working at relationships? Right. How right. do I find that kind of... It's not natural. No, it's not. And so third gear is the hardest one yeah. for them. And you can tell it. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like almost like relax. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. But relaxing to a guardian looks different than relaxing to a connector. Absolutely. <laughs> and first gear, they're usually good at. Yeah. Because they usually love the world around them. And they're usually very aware of their physical appearance. So in some ways, therefore, exercise, food, diet, eat, you know, play, they, they're often, they enjoy the outdoor world. And so therefore, in some ways, they're able to rationally, logically go, if I'm gonna be good at my work, then I need to be mentally, emotionally, and physically healthy. So therefore, most guardians bring that discipline of work into the care of themselves and those of those around them. So, you know, five, four, one right. are natural strengths. Two, they can do, but it sometimes feels a little bit overbearing. Third gear would be the one that is the growth opportunity because it sits between task and task relationship. Well, let's jump into the creative. We've got a couple more voices here. So the creative, the creatives are amazing. They're amazing people. They spend time so much in their mind thinking about these brilliant ideas. And they've got all these great ideas that are constantly pinging them. And they're trying to get them out and desperately share all of the the Mm -hmm. blueprint that's in their mind. Yeah. So fifth gear would be a natural place for a creative to be in in times Mm. because they love that focused Mm. kind of dreamland. Yep. And uh, so, but it doesn't feel like work to them. That's the interesting thing. Yeah, yeah. For most creatives, 
the opportunity to take the time and the space to go, what could the future be? How do I read? How do I explore the trends, the technologies, the opportunities? So you'll often find that the, the creative thinks of first gear and fifth gear almost as synonymous. Because when I'm on my own and I'm dreaming, I'm reading, I'm shaping vision of the future, I'm recreating. But actually to other people it may look like I'm working. But I'm doing it usually on my own or in a very small circle of relationships where they know me, I know them, they speak fluent creative to each other and everyone understands. And it's okay to dream outside the boundaries often of conventional normal ways of thinking and processing. So uh, I think it's a really helpful. Five one is is a natural strength really. Absolutely. And so oftentimes depending on the creative and kind of where their 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 nurture, then the middle gears can be really tough. And that fourth gear can be a nuisance because <laughs> it can be like, I have to fill out the expense report or I have yeah. to do those kind of things and yeah. gosh, I'm just it's getting in the way of my dream dream time. Yeah. Third gear can be the same. Yeah. Uh, the, the certain um, second gear can be great, but it's all based on: Are you for me? Do you understand my ideas? Do you get me? Yeah. And if you get a creative, yeah. they'll be a friend for life. Yes. Because like finally someone gets me. Yes, exactly. And, and they understand. They speak my language. Yeah. Versus the creative can get so miffed and so frustrated and passive aggressive. Yeah. When they're constantly yeah. are being berated or or put down or or you know, discouraged. So as well, there's the difference between the creative pioneer. So the INTP is the hardest because not only do we not understand what they say, and what they say first isn't usually what they mean, but it, what comes out is often harsh and critical and judgmental with a sniper rifle. Right. So it's incredibly hard for the creative pioneer to connect with people because even when they're trying, and it is a, a not a natural behavior. Their internal world is so rich, they don't need people. So you imagine that kind of double bind for some of the, cle some of the cleverest people we know, I would say, are INTPs. Yeah, absolutely. That kind of creative pioneer. But getting them to communicate, to establish relationship, when everything is against them. But your point is, when someone gets them, they are probably the most valuable piece on the chessboard. Yeah. I would say that the growth of your creative voice and, uh, you know, and us learning how to leverage that, even as a second voice. I'd say the biggest growth for me in the last two years as a leader has been, what does it mean to create the environment where the creative voice is free to bring their best without basically feeling they're gonna get shot down? Right. So if you think of, I think they like, I think the fifth gear is, can I share my ideas and vision of the future in a safe place with a very small number of people who will help me get it out. Right. That's what work at its best often looks like. For the so, so some of the best software companies, some of the best technology yes. businesses started yes. with that because they had a cohort, a team yes. that really all allowed each Absolutely. other to dream and build the things. Absolutely. But all creatives, you can, most people miss the creative. Yep. So the, they, they, they almost want to do depth. So their wiring is towards second gear at times. Mm -hmm. They'd rather have a depth relationship with a small number of people. But the problem is, most people miss them. So you often end up, if you're not careful creatives, you form depth second gear with other creatives. Mm -hmm. Because you don't have to work at that. Right. But the influence is, how do you realize that not everybody, only about 16% of the population, hear the creative voice and understand it. 
So, and, you know. and that's why I'm, I'm advocating for our own content, but the five voices, the five yeah. gears, when you understand those in combination, when you understand them separately, yes. it's yeah. so, so powerful. Yeah. So we go to the last one, we have the nurture. Yeah. Um, so the nurture voice, and um, the nurture voice is amazing because of the depth of relationship and what they do. They love second gear. Mm. They love to go in and, and have deep conversations with people. Yeah. That's probably where if they could live all day, yeah. I'm generalizing, but they would live in second gear yeah. uh, because they want to go deep with people. They want to make sure they're affirmed and they want to make sure people are taken care of. And that, that one-to-one bonding, connecting yeah. time would be, would be natural. Where would they have the, the toughest time? Well, the other thing that nurturers spend most of their life in fourth gear as well. Their work may look different to what the pioneers and the guardians, but because their work is usually the protection and care of people and of values, that never switches off. So if you imagine that being so attuned to the emotional, relational environment around you, you see need everywhere you go. So I, I don't have that antenna, mercifully. You know, I, I only see my own need rather than the need. But if you imagine, basically, the amount of... Everyone struggles. Nurturers inherently know they're, what's they're going the medic. On. They they're, are. They're patching everyone up all the but time. But they're so emotionally intelligent, and they pick disturbances up. Helen, you know, my wife's a nurturer, and she goes, "So and so struggling." I go, "How do you know?" So trust me. I go and talk to them. Of course, she's right. So therefore, the the, the nurturer, the two four combination of going, I want to care, and I want you to know that I am a person of depth and integrity. But the danger is they can get stuck in fourth gear because mm. whatever they're responsible for, it's how do I ever switch off? There's limitless need in my world. And even when I sit down and watch the television, I'm watching horrible things happening to people. How, how can I sit here doing nothing when there are people in need? So first gear is almost always the hardest gear for the nurturer. Because they, they want to take care of themselves. Because there's so much. Everyone else is in need. Yeah. Why, why, why would I think that I deserve time out for me. So I'll clean, I'll tidy, I'll care, I'll buy presents, I'll do whatever's needed to make sure everyone else is okay. But I burn myself out if I'm not careful because I never know how to truly recreate and rest myself. In the in the voices in the book, we talk about the medic being yes. the, the weapon really of the nurture. And there's yeah. a famous scene in um, Band of Brothers and with this one medic, he basically wears himself out. Yeah. Because, and he had to go get treatment for himself. Yeah because he gave himself away to everyone else. <laughs> yes. But he didn't have enough uh, medicine to take care of some wounds Maybe. that he had himself. Yeah. Just a perfect example. And so, um, give them a voucher, give a nurture a voucher to the spa. They'll think of three people who they could give it to who deserve it more than they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and they're often very good at the, the fifth gears because they feel so responsible. How do I be disciplined? How do I please the authority figures? How do I make sure I always give them my best? How about third gear? Um, uh, it's a good question. It depends, I think. The extrovert and the introverts will be different. They can do third gear well, but in some senses it's not always easy because all they're doing is they're engaging with more need. Yep. So every time I meet people and a new group of people, effectively my feeling I need to care and the person I speak to tonight may actually be yet another person I have to feel responsible for. So in some ways, depending on whether it's the nurturer connector so the ESFJ and that world, or whether it's the nurturer guardian, mm -hmm. the nurturer guardian is the one who I think sometimes struggles most with third gear because they're always thinking about, well, what am I responsible for? How do they get going? 
So the, the voices, the gears, when you when you mash them up, unbelievably powerful. Just to know your gear order. That's what we always say. And if you understand your, your tendency and know your gear order, then you can start seeing mm. massive change. Yeah. Give an issue with first gear, then focus on first gear. You take the, the hardest gear and start working on that, and you'll see the most change. Other people will see the transformation in your life too. So the listener, if you're listening, um, hopefully, mm. when you start understanding all of this, to know yourself, you can begin to lead yourself. Yeah. When you do that, you build really a reputation. People want to follow you, not have to follow you because you're leading yourself. That's our goal. That's our hope for the Liberator Podcast. That's what we're all about. Any last and final comments, Steve? I think that it, when, those of you who are listening right now, you'll either understand this vocabulary and language because you've been following our story, or you'll go, who on the earth are these people and why are they talking about gears and voices? But what we've done is that everything we wanted to do was to make it simple enough that an educated 13-year-old can understand it, use it, and teach their friends. So gears and voices, when you bring them together, like we've done today, I mean, gosh, even I'm reflecting on, gosh, this is incredibly powerful, but it's not complicated. You don't need an advanced degree in leadership development to use this. It's learning the information. So you get the books, and we, you know, there's a five voices, five gears. They're great books. They're really well read. But this is vocabulary language. You don't need a guru to teach you. You don't, need to, you don't need to have an expert come in to help your family think through five voices or five years. And I think that was our passion and that's why we love, you know, we're grateful to those of you who continue to encourage us to kind of send us the emails and say, hey, that was really helpful. So uh, great podcast, really enjoyed this one. Well, as, as a liberator, the whole goal of liberation is to fight for the highest possible good of those that you lead. And hopefully you get that from Steve and I because that's really what we want for you all. We're fighting for your highest possible good. Thanks for everything. Thanks, yeah. Steve. Let's have a great rest of the week. Thanks so much for listening. That concludes today's episode of the Liberator Podcast from Giant Worldwide. You can find out more information about us online at giantworldwide.com.